Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Well, it's good to have you this morning. If you got your Bibles, you can turn uh, to the book of Romans. This is actually going to conclude our series this week uh, on the garden. This is part six. I think this, is this the longest series we've ever done? We set a record, everybody. We have set a record. Uh, No applause necessary. Don't worry about it. We've set a record, uh, part six. Josh did the first two. This will be my fourth uh, part of this this series. And I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to try to sum up kind of what we've been going after and talking about in this series. We're, we're, we're coming from the position of understanding that we were never actually created to live in heaven. We were created to live on earth, but not the earth we see today. We were actually created to live in the Garden of Eden version of earth. Adam and Eve were the only two people, only two human beings to ever actually see what we were created to live in. And there's so much that we can learn from their life, their story, the scriptures surrounding uh, and about the garden. Uh, and that's what you and I were called to live in. Now, one man's sin, Adam, caused us to be removed from the garden. But one man's obedience, Jesus's obedience, won the garden back to us. Now, the garden was this amazing place with great relationships, free from condemnation, every single need met. It was an amazing place. Jesus came to get that back for every single one of us but you have to do it by faith. And I, as I was studying this, and this, we haven't actually touched on this in this series, but I want, I want to draw your attention just for a second before we scoot past this too far to the fact that the tree that was in this garden, and, and of course we've talked about this tree, what was the purpose of this tree? This tree positioned God as the Lord of our life. He said, you can have anything in the garden. It's all available. It's all yours, except for this tree. This tree, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This one thing, I need you to do this. This will forever position your heart that I am Lord, that I am God, that I am supreme, that there's something in your life that is is a restraint, a restriction that says, if God says don't eat of it, I'm not going to eat of it. If he says don't, the answer is just, I don't need to know why. One of my favorite answers in all of parenting is because I said so. Anybody else? You just, it's your favorite. Hey, why, why do we have to pick up the poop in the backyard? One, because they're your dogs and I hate them. Two, because I said so. Um, but that tree, that was kind of the because I said so thing. It's, it's positioning God in his position uh, of authority and, and as God, as the Lord of our life. But I, I want to draw your attention to one extra thing here. Notice that the tree was not the tree of good and evil. It was not the tree of good and evil. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What was, what was the little subtlety in this, in, this, in this word, knowledge? He was saying, I want you to learn to live on trusting me rather than what you know. Because good and evil was not going to change whether we knew it or not. Good was still good. Evil was still evil. It was whether we knew it or not. And by positioning that tree, it positions him as Lord in our lives. But the fact that it was called the knowledge of good and evil, it was God saying, live your life on trusting that I got your back. Live your life trusting that I've got this. If you need to know it, I'll tell you. If you don't, I won't. Trust that I've got you in my hand. It's the life of faith. It's the life of faith. In just that name of that tree, he was saying, this is the life I've called you. Now, I'll tell you what, I get around... It, it, it can aggravate me at times when I get around people that you can tell they're, they're so intellectual about everything. They're, they're just so intellectual. They just know everything. And when you're talking to them, it's like you're, you're talking and you can see the wheels turning. They're trying to see if you say something that's incorrect. Anybody know somebody like that? And the whole time you're talking, you're like, 
Are you listening to me? Are you grading my grammar right now? Uh, what is it? We were not called to be intellectuals. That doesn't mean we weren't called to use our minds or, 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 or to be smart. That's not what I'm saying. But we were not called to live on our own intellect. We were called to live by faith. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. We were called to live uh, by faith. And so in, in this series, one of the things we've talked about is just the lordship the Lordship of God, and not just God the Father, and not just God the Son, but last week we introduced the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all have to be Lord in our lives. God the Father has been an easy one for most people. God the Son, Jesus the Savior, he's been an easy one for most people. It's God the Holy Spirit that sometimes raises questions. It's God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the person. He's not an it, he's a person. It's this person of the Holy Spirit that has, for some reason, garnered a, a reputation for doing weird stuff. Be honest, you don't have to, we're not watching, you shouldn't feel guilty for this, but raise your hand if you've ever heard people that talk about the Holy Spirit too much do weird stuff. You've heard it. You've seen it. So it's, it's, it's just not the truth. The Holy Spirit is God. He cares about you just as much as God the Father and God the Son, and he's here to help us. So the last couple of weeks, or last weekend and again this week, we're going to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, Romans, we turn to the book of Romans chapter 8. We're going to read what's a fairly lengthy portion of Scripture, and then we're going to break it down today. We're going to have a good old-fashioned Bible study. Everybody okay with a good old-fashioned Bible study? I'm just going to be honest with you. I was reading through this, and I was like, you know what? There's nothing I want to cut out. If you just read this, it pretty much does most of the work for us. So let's just read here in Romans chapter 8. And again, remind, to remind you, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. Look here in verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's worth at least one amen right there. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so, he was, and so condemned sin in the flesh in order that the right requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with or follow the Holy Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his spirit lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit receives the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Man. 
Every now and then, it's overwhelming to think we are sons and daughters of God. That simple. We are sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. Sorry, that just got me for a second. And by him we cry. I'm crying right now. Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are his children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. That's all we're going to read today because I think I'll soak the pages of my notes if I don't, if I keep reading. I'm sorry, that's just a, a powerful, powerful uh, picture there. We're just going to break this down because I, I just want to talk about four things that we find in this passage of Scripture that I think are so profound uh, and, and mean a lot to us in this study of the, of the Holy Spirit and the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we start with where he started. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's already good news. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And look what it says. It says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit or the law of the Holy Spirit gives life to you, or gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. This is very simple. We talk about this all the time, but you have to know this. If you are born again, if, you, if Jesus is your Savior, then you never have to feel condemned ever again, and you never have to receive the penalty of death. You will never receive the penalty of death in your life, period. If Jesus is your Savior, there is nothing that you can do that will warrant you not getting to spend eternity with him. There's nothing you can do. There's absolutely nothing you can do. I, know, I love what uh, we've talked about, this, this law of the, of, of the Spirit. When you're, when you're born again, remember we're three-part beings, Spirit, soul, and body. When you are born again, God perfectly cleansed the essence of who you really are, which is your spirit. He made it perfect, and then there was a marriage between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. Between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. You, your spirit, and the Holy Spirit are now one. Just like a husband and a wife, when the Bible says the two shall become one, same thing with your spirit and the Spirit of God. When you were born again, your spirit and the Holy Spirit got married. Now, here's what's beautiful about this. For, for all the rest of eternity, if anybody tries to make an accusation against you, they have to make an accusation against the Holy Spirit. Is, do you think, is God the Father blameless? Yes. Is God the Son, Jesus, is he blameless? Yeah. Then is God the Holy Spirit also blameless? Then anytime someone wants to make an accusation, the Bible calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. For you to be guilty, the Holy Spirit has to be guilty. Dollar one. It's, it's, like, it's like the big brother saying, hey, you're messing with him? You got to come to me first. And apparently the Holy Spirit's Italian today or whatever that was. <laughs> you, y'all are together. Y'all are one. As innocent as the Holy Spirit is, so are you. As innocent as the Holy Spirit of God is, so are you. Jesus said it this way when Jesus was teaching the disciples about this in John chapter 14, verse 17. Here's what he said. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him, now check this out, because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, that's interesting because he's talking to the disciples. Jesus has not been crucified. Jesus has not yet been raised from the dead. He's prophesying the coming of the Holy Spirit. But notice what he says. 
He says, he's with you now. He's already here. Jesus knows that to be true because in Acts chapter 10, it tells us that when Jesus was going into his earthly ministry, it says God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So the, the, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus himself for the purpose of doing what he was called to do. It says, and then he went about doing good and healing all. Before Jesus fulfilled his assignment, he had to receive the anointing or the Holy Spirit being with him. So he knew, he knew about this, but, but he's telling the disciples, he's saying, look, he's, he's just with you now. He's not in you, but he will be later. What is this later that he's talking about? Jesus had not yet been sacrificed for our sin. Jesus had not yet been raised from the dead. True salvation was not yet available. Jesus is telling the disciples, when I finish what I was sent here to do, you're not just going to get the Holy Spirit with you anymore. You're going to get the Holy Spirit in you. You get to marry the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about there. So you have to understand that. As long, always and forever, you'll never be guilty of sin again. You'll never be guilty of sin. Now, just to be clear here, you may face the consequences of some sin on this earth. Let, let, me, let me just be clear there. Don't, don't go to, your, don't go to your, your wife, men, and say, hey, pastor, I could commit adultery. I'll never be guilty of a sin again. Let me just say this. If you choose to go that route, you can still go to heaven. You just might get there faster. <laughs> and one woman said, preach. <laughs> so there, there are still earthly laws. And if, there are, if, you, if you live a lifestyle of sin, there will be consequences on this earth of living a life. I'm not trying to, to minimize sin here. What I'm talking about is the eternal penalty of death. Once and for all, the payment for your sin was taken care of. Now the Holy Spirit lives in you, and no one can make an accusation against you because they can't make an accusation against the Holy Spirit that'll stick because he is holy. He is pure. Second thing is, uh, if you'll notice in Romans here, it says in verse, uh, where are we at? Five. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Check this out. But those who live and follow in accordance with, uh, other translations say this, follow the Holy Spirit, have set their minds on what the Spirit desires. They have set their minds on what the Spirit desires. Let me just say this. You have to make up your mind to follow the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit joined your spirit, it was just a, it was a spiritual thing, one-on-one, -on -one, spirit to spirit. But we are spirit soul, and body. Now, our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. When, you, when, the, when the union between you and the Holy Spirit happened, it wasn't a union between the Holy Spirit and your mind. It wasn't a union between the Holy Spirit and your emotions, and it wasn't a union between the Holy Spirit and your will. That is what gives you the, the, the capacity to, to give love to God, a choice. Without a choice, there is no, there's not real love. But he did not, the Holy Spirit did not come and take over your mind. Here's how you know that. When you got born again, did you ever, did you just start thinking nothing but pure thoughts? It's incredible. I never have a negative thought again. I've never, when, when, you, when, you, when you were born again and the Holy Spirit made his union with your spirit, did you just literally make every right decision from then on? Some of you are like, well, I think I have. Well, you have a bigger problem. We need to talk about that later. You don't automatically have all right thoughts. You don't automatically have right emotions. And you don't automatically do all the right things and make all of the right decisions. The Bible says those who follow the Spirit, it's not that he's got a, 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 a leash around your neck and he's telling you, hey, here's where we're going. 
and you don't have a choice. No, he has, he has, he's, a, he's a gentle approach. He says, I'm going this way, and you have to make up your mind you're coming with me. When it comes to following the Holy Spirit, now, now backtrack just a second. Why are we, why is this, why are we emphasizing this, to, be, to follow the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit? Because if he can be Lord, the garden's available in our life. If the Holy Spirit can be Lord, then the, the Garden of Eden is available in our life. So when the Holy Spirit says, I'm going this way, you have to purposely say that I'm going to follow you. I, I, this is, follow me on these notes for just a second. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to skip ahead in some of the notes. Galatians chapter 5, I want you to check this out. But the fruit of the Spirit, you probably heard this before, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such there is no law. Have you noticed that those are all personality characteristics? Why, why are these the fruits of the Spirit? Because this is His personality. The personality of the Holy Spirit is love. The personality of the Holy Spirit is joy. The personality of the Holy Spirit, He's a patient person. He's a kind person. He's a good person. He has self-control. Now, what does that mean to you and I? That if that's who He is and that's the way He's going, then if we're going to follow Him, we have to set our minds to be patient. You're not all of a sudden, just because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not all of a sudden going to just be patient. You know this. We're all impatient still. There are still things that are about his personality. This is the way he lives. But I'll, just be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm, I cannot be as kind as I need to be. Sometimes I cannot be as patient as I want to be, as I need to be. That's when I have to make up my mind. Not No matter what my feelings are saying, no matter what my thoughts are saying. My, no, I have made up my mind. I have set my mind to follow the Spirit. I will be patient. I will be kind. I will be, whatever these fruits of these, these characteristics of the Holy Spirit, you have to set your mind, make up your mind, I will follow. In the course of my life learning to follow the Holy Spirit, there have been times where I have, I have, it has stood out more that it wasn't easy for me to follow what he was telling me to do. I told this story a couple of years ago. It happened a couple of years ago to me. I was driving on a road trip in a bit of a hurry, and I pulled into this gas station in another town, and I was in a hurry. And I saw this guy in a, in a fairly beat-up kind of truck, and he had a, a gas can, and he was putting... I watched him count, and he was going to put exactly $5 in, in his gas can. Uh, and, and I remember those days. It's like when you only have $5 to put in your, in your gas. I remember when it, the first time I got to, I had someone actually give me a gas card and say, hey, for the next year, you get to use this gas card. I remember what it felt like just putting the gas thing in, turning the pump on, and going inside because I didn't have to watch, make sure it stopped at $20. I don't know if anybody else has been there, but I've been there. And I, not, I noticed this guy was in a bit of a, a situation like that. And so uh, I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit say, fill up his truck with gas. Now, if I'm being 100% honest with you, the money was not the issue. I had $30 or $40. That, the $30 or $40 that it was going to take for me to fill up his tank of gas was not the issue. Time happened to be the issue. I was going to meet someone. It was a meeting. I wanted to make sure I was early. I had all of these plans of which way I wanted to go. And the Holy Spirit was telling me, I need you to go this way. And when you're in a situation like that, you have to decide, will I set my mind to follow him? Well, I turned and drove out of the parking lot. 
And I'm telling you, I just, it's like there was a Holy Spirit rubber band on the back of my truck. And the further I drove away from that gas station, I'm, I mean, my insides were going bonkers. I mean, it, I don't think the Holy Spirit talks this way, but if he did, he was saying, you get your butt back over there and you do what I told you to do. <laughs> he sounds like my mom sometimes, you know, when growing up. <laughs> you get your butt back over there. But you know what? I could have ignored that. I could have been like, no, I'm late. I've got to get to this meeting. I, 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 I. But at that, I had to set my, and I turned back around, and it was an incredible story. The guy, this was, he, we, we were nowhere near Midland. And the guy ended up being a guy who had the, the downturn of the oil field had really hurt him, and he was down cutting firewood to make a living, waiting for the oil field to come back. And it, it turned into this real ministry moment, and I pulled back in, and I said, sir, I, I'm so sorry, but I, the, the, the Lord told me to fill your truck up with gas. I'm not trying to assume anything, but he told me, I really don't have a choice. There's a rubber band pulling my truck back to this. <laughs> what is it? It's learning to lean into this still small voice. Remember last week we talked about this still small voice. It's learning to lean into that still small voice and saying, I don't even need a scripture. See, there's no scripture that says you're supposed to fill up a gas tank of gas if you see him carrying around a gas can. There are scriptures for us to follow in the Bible. So the, the scripture is Lord. But is the Holy Spirit, Lord, can you learn to let this, even if it's just a subtle thing on the inside of you, can that be Lord as well? Can he be the Lord of the, like we talked about, the details of your life? And will you choose to follow that even if everything else is going on? I need to do this, yada, yada, yada. Happened again the other day. We were, um, my wife and I uh, were sitting at a, a restaurant, and uh, the, wait, the waitress was uh, was asked if she could clean up the table, and I had my keys to my truck sitting on the on the table. And she said, uh, "Now you better." She was just, just real sweet old lady, and she said, "Now you better move. You better watch them keys, or I might take that truck." And we kind of started a joke, and I said, "Well, if you take the if you take the truck, that's my work truck. If you take the truck, you got to take the job." And so we're 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 joking back and forth, and she's like, "No, no, 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 I, I don't need that truck." He, she said, and she had her apron on, and she was serving and waiting table. She said, "I I have." And she gave a number. I have just this much more, and I'm going to get to pay off my truck. And thank goodness I won't have a car payment anymore. And something inside me said, pay off her vehicle. Now, I, ha I have money and savings that I have put there, we have put there, because we have plans for what we want to do with our savings. I turned to Leanne, I said, hey, we have a, I've shared this with you before, we have a giving account. We, we tithe, but then we have another 5% that goes into another account, and regularly we, we use that to give extra. And we've learned this in our lives, you can't outgive God. And if he can the more he can trust you with, the more he'll give you. And so I, we had, I asked her, I said, hey, do we have enough in our giving account to pay her, her car off? Because that's what I thought, maybe that's what the Lord was saying, pay that. Well, I didn't have enough in my account. I was going to have to go into my own personal savings account to do this. There you are again, the Holy Spirit saying, I have plans for you. I have a way for you to go. I know you've said you'll give 10%, and then I know you've said you'll give an additional 5%. I'm just trying to figure out, do I have 100%? Do I have 100% of your life? Do I have 100% of your marriage? Do I have 100% of your parenting? Do I have 100% of your money? Have you truly set your mind to follow me, even if what I tell you fits outside the plans you have for your own life? And so I, I, everybody kind of left the restaurant, and I 
talked to Leanne. I said, hey, we got we to we gotta do this. And so we, we figured out a way. And I, my, my, I, I told the waitress, I said, or the other lady, I said, hey, I, I don't want to make a big deal out of this. Can you get this lady? I just, can just give her a check when we, when we leave. So I gave her the check, and my Susanna was actually coming out of the re- re- restaurant late. And she's like, hey, this lady in there is making a big deal about some check you gave her. You know? I have just learned in my life, if I set my mind to follow him, even if it's outside of my plans, my thoughts, my gifts, my talents, my uh, everything else, if I set my thoughts on him, he has never let me down. I'll just tell you, when you start to listen to the Holy Spirit, he will tell you to do crazy things like that. I'm just telling you. You want to know what some, some of the crazy things he'll have you do? Crazy love. Not not take take the snakes and the flags and all the crazy stuff you've heard the Holy Spirit's going to tell you to do. No, he might. I'm going to tell you what he's going to have you do. He's going to have you crazy love people. He's going to have you crazy give to people. He's going to have you crazy serve people. He's going to have you crazy forgive people. He's going to lead you in certain ways and there will come a point when you have to set your mind. It won't be set there already. Your mind will automatically want to follow where he's saying to go. You'll have to set your mind and go, okay, I choose this. I don't choose my way. I don't choose this. No, I choose what the Holy Spirit is leading, leading me to do. <laughs> Those are the easy ones, to be honest with you. And, I, and I'll wrap this up. These, these are the easy ones. The, uh, the easy ones are when, he, to be honest with you, that's, that's, that has become easier for me. The blessing people financially, it's a, it's a big core value of, my, uh, of our family. I, I learned a lot about this growing up. Those have been the easy ones. Let me tell you the ones that haven't been easy. The, the ones that haven't been easy is when the Holy Spirit says, no, choose peace, even though someone's accusing you of something you didn't do. See, I, I, I'll wrap up with this story. Um, I have spent the last 15 years of my life working in church environments. For the last little bit, I have not been working in just a church environment. I have recently been discovering what a lot of you go through every single day. Um, It has been a long time since someone has falsely accused me of something. I I, I haven't been called a liar in a long time. Because you'll you'll like this part. I just typically don't lie. I know that's a big deal for a pastor, and so I I try to steer clear of that one. But I, I, I recently had, I mean, I mean, a bald face, this guy just straight up lied about me. And I, had, I even put it on speakerphone to let Leanne listen to this. And I'm like, you hear this guy? And, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you. The fruits of the Spirit were in the closet. <laughs> I, I'm going to even confess a little more. I had to come to Leanne the other day and I said, I need, a, I need your help. I said, I am. I am having thoughts that I have not had since I was in high school. I am envisioning myself, as my dad and Rick Smith would say, taking my church shirt off and beating this guy senseless. I li- I'm just being honest with you. And I said, I, I said, no, I'm not talking about like a joke. Like I've, li- I, I've had thoughts of planning it. This is what I'm going to say. And then when he says this, I, he's not going to get three words out of his mouth. And this guy's out. And Le- Leanne goes, oh, no, no, that's not good. You're not in a good place right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it was eating my sack lunch. I mean, it was eating me up on the inside. 
And I wanted to choose to vindicate myself. That's what I wanted to choose. But the, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. The Holy Spirit wanted peace in that situation. He understands that I'm on assignment in that situation. He understands that everybody in the company's watching what the pastor's going to do in the oil field. And the Holy Spirit was wanting me to choose peace. I was wanting to choose bruises. He was wanting to choose peace. <laughs> and so I said, okay, why? And so I said, well, who are the three people you're saying that are, you've got witnesses? So I called all three of them. They're like, no, never, you never said that. that never. I said, I know that, but I'm just, I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Call all, and I sent the guy who accused me of it an apology email. I said, I'm very sorry for the confusion. I've spoken to the three people that you, in question that you said said what? blah, 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 and just so we're all on the same page, this is, this is a done deal. Which probably made him feel awkward because he knew it didn't happen. But I, ch I chose to bring peace. I chose peace. I would have much rather paid off somebody's car than to send him that email. So when it comes to following the Holy Spirit, some of them are going to be fun. When it, chooses, when it comes to setting your mind on, him, on following him, some of them are going to be a little easier. And then there's some that are going to seem like they rip you out, rip your insides out. It's so hard. Some of you have been abused by people. It's going to be very hard for you. It's very hard, still is very hard for you, for you to give that, forgive that person. Some of you have, are living a lifestyle that you started living before you were in hot, white hot pursuit of God. And there's some things about your lifestyle that are, you now are very aware of. This is not following God. And let me, can I just say this to you? I, 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 have, I have, have empathy for you. I know that some of the decisions some of you are facing on a day-to-day -day basis that to say, oh man, I, I just wasn't following God my whole life and so I've got this thing going on and this is how we've handled our finances and this is, there's all these things we do and I'm going to have to start making major changes if I'm going to follow Him. I know. I know. Some of them won't be easy. But you've got to ask yourself a question. Am I going to set my mind? Am I, have I made up my mind that no matter what, I'm following Him. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland, Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.